We're fortunate that there's more and more research that is demonstrating the link between gender diversity at the board level and the C-suite level and in innovation. I'm so grateful to be your host today in Series 1 of Gender Smart, a podcast where guests share their stories about closing the gender gap in the circular economy. Together, we explore and highlight inspiring examples of how driving diversity and gender equity can improve business performance and accelerate outcomes to address climate change. In this episode, I'm in conversation with Suzanne Beagle, a global leader in gender smart investing and co-founder of both Gender Smart and Catalyst at Large. Suzanne has had experience as an entrepreneur, an investor, a board member, and a consultant. Her work has influenced billions of dollars of capital to move with a gender smart lens. Well, Suzanne, thank you so much for making the time. I'm very, very excited to chat with you. Maybe we can just kick off and you can introduce a little bit about yourself and what you do. My name is Suzanne Beagle, and I'm the co-founder of Gender Smart and the founder of Catalyst at Large. And my work is to bring unprecedented capital with more strategic intent and more impact to women and gender equity. Ooh, wow, that sounds very bold and ambitious. What, what does that mean for you? What that means to me is that I'm thinking about how we build capacity in the field of investment to move capital more strategically and with more impact, paying attention to gender factors in investment. It means that we need to build commitment and shift mindsets, and it means that we need to connect people uh, so that they can invest together, learn together, uh, share opportunities together. And it means that we really need to shift the market and shape the market so that it is more gender smart. Maybe just to backtrack a little bit, do you want to share a little bit how you got into this space or what got you to where you are today? I was an entrepreneur. I built a business with another fabulous woman entrepreneur in the ed tech space. We sold it in the late 90s. I became an investor and my focus was both on environmental sustainability, which I'm absolutely passionate about, and on gender equity. Because as a woman-owned business, I saw the lack of access to capital for all these brilliant women in business that I knew. I also was thinking very much about the problems that I saw in the world and what I wanted to solve for with my capital and really align my own capital with my values. Fast forward, and now my work is with mostly institutional investors, helping them to develop a strategy around moving this kind of capital, institutional capital, to have more impact in these areas. Wow, you've really seen the whole evolution across the value chain, right? From a founder right through to the investment space. I think it gives you a really unique perspective. Um, Maybe just quickly touching on, you know, you mentioned your passion is in the environmental space. What kind of parallel have you seen in terms of climate finance or environmental, the money flowing into that sector versus the money flowing into gender lens and gender finance? Well, I've been investing for 20 years in both the environmental realm and the gender impact realm. When I think about the fact that the world has woken up about climate and the trillions of dollars that are going into climate finance across every asset class, gender finance is far behind. It's on an upswing, but we're talking about tens of billions. We're not talking about trillions. And we need to have climate finance be gender smarter and gender finance be climate smarter. Maybe for those that haven't heard of the term gender smart before, or they might still be thinking of gender as more of a social good or not really as a strategic business decision, 
How would you explain what gender smart is for someone who's not familiar with that term? To be gender smart as an investor is to pay attention to the gender differentiated experiences of men and women and all genders in an investment context. So what that means is to think about where an investing organization is on leadership and governance, on an investment committee, thinking about their investment processes. Are they gender aware and gender integrated um, from their own internal investment house? And then from an external portfolio perspective, are they investing in the companies and the projects where there are women in leadership and governance, where you have women and gender balance at the employment level, including in supply chains, where you're paying attention to customers, and that means products and services design, that means marketing and sales. Really understanding the difference between men and women as customers can give you both a bigger market opportunity uh, and more better product market fit. So as an investor, you're really gonna be intentionally paying attention to where you understand the differences and investing accordingly with those companies that really get it right. And this is a source of understanding risk as any investor needs to be doing and understanding opportunity and opportunity for value creation. So when I talk about understanding risk, that means where's the potential reputational risk by not paying attention to gender or in this case, climate? Where is the potential operational risk by not having access to the talent that you need or not understanding the experiences of the people working for you um, and what they really need to have a good, healthy, safe, productive work environment? Um, you can be thinking about financial risk so where do you have material financial risks from not paying attention, again, from climate perspective and a gender perspective? So we're really getting people to think from a risk perspective, but then from an opportunity perspective. And to say, where am I not noticing market opportunities? Where am I not seeing innovators and inventors and scientists who've got the ideas that we need to really solve the problems that we're out to solve and take advantage of market opportunities? Where do I have access to talent that someone else might not have access to if they were not running a company as well for both the men and the women working in that company? Or where might I have an opportunity to capture a, a supply chain a relationship because I'm better uh, for everyone who's working in that supply chain? So really thinking about um, where companies are strong and where investors are already strong on these things, but then also where's the value creation opportunity to say, maybe somebody isn't there, just like in climate where you would say, I am investing in climate smart companies, but I'm also investing in companies that are on a journey, on a pathway to get better on climate. You can look at the same thing on gender and say, who are the gender leaders and who are the companies that are on a pathway to really understanding this and shifting their their people and their practices and the way they approach the market. Oh, I was just going to say, Suzanne, like, I think now we're starting to see more and more companies adopt this kind of mindset, but it's been quite recent, I guess, in the last maybe six to 12 months where gender has started to become more of a, a topic of conversation. For, for you, having, you know, come as a founder in the beginning and now to where you are from the lens that you're sitting, how has that mindset shifted over time? The mindset shift that has happened in the investment community and the business community over the past 20 years is extraordinary. In understanding 
things like the impact of climate and the impact of inequity in the system. So this is a, not only a moral priority, but this is a business priority. And we're lucky that we have firms like McKinsey and UBS and Morgan Stanley and Harvard and Wharton all writing about the intelligence of gender diverse, diverse teams and diversity writ large at uh, decision-making levels. People are really understanding the importance of a workforce that is productive and uh, attractive uh, for companies uh, to be able to attract and retain talent. Um, they've recognized that they have a societal uh, obligation in addition to a business obligation. And that's, of course, still in the process of shifting. But more and more companies have recognized from uh, the, the words of Paul Pullman, who was at Unilever, uh, to other great leaders, that this is an absolute business imperative, not just a societal imperative, to be thinking about where we are doing well for our customers, our communities, our employees, all of our stakeholders. Do you think that there's any link or have you seen any link between having diverse teams or more diversity in organizations and having better climate outcomes or climate co-benefits? We're fortunate that there's more and more research that is demonstrating the link between gender diversity at the board level and the C-suite level and in innovation, correlating to better business outcomes, better climate outcomes, and better innovation outcomes. So Bloomberg New Energy Finance did a study which came out at the end of 2020 that said when you have more gender balance at the board level, you get those outcomes around innovation, around climate, and around financial performance. And we need those kind of studies to really help make the case, but I think people are just also realizing this just makes sense when you have a gender balanced team making decisions that are more risk aware and really capturing opportunities. Has there been any big example or any particular investor or organization you've been working with that you think is really leading the way in this field? I'm incredibly fortunate because in my work, I get to work with some of the most leading edge investors uh, around the globe. So that includes sovereign wealth funds and pension funds. That includes development finance institutions and multilateral development banks, foundations, family offices, investment banks. It's really the whole spectrum of capital. And those that are leaders on this have made conscious commitments to both shifting their process, their own internal teams, and really investing their portfolios in this direction. And some of them have made an intentional commitment to say, we want to get capital to women entrepreneurs, or we want to get capital to women fund managers, or gender-balanced fund managers. And others have said, we're just going to integrate this across our whole strategy. Looking at gender and inclusivity more broadly is just smart business. So we're going to just take the tack of any investment that we're making. Where are they from an ESG perspective? Where are they from a climate perspective? Where are they from a gender and inclusivity perspective? What is you know the biggest things that people misunderstand around this topic or they just don't get it yet? Is there anything that you'd like to share to perhaps inspire or influence people in this sector? My hope is that people will realize that whether you're talking about investing in waste and recycling or other areas of the circular economy, whether you're talking about agriculture, energy, infrastructure, healthcare, that paying attention to where women are in the picture and where gender balance are, is in the picture is just going to make us smarter investors and really get us to the outcomes and solutions that we need to be on this planet. 
I really want people to understand that it's not just about thinking about women as beneficiaries or those who are most affected, but to see women as agents of change. And the entrepreneurial talent, the innovation that is there that, um, that is just often un unrecognized. I want people to understand that this, is, this does not stop at the boardroom. And a, a lot of attention has been paid on where are women on boards, but it really goes throughout the value chain of a company. So thinking about women in leadership and governance, thinking about the benefit of access to talent and thinking about your workforce, thinking about supply chains, about customers, and about communities. And to recognize that as we get more specific, contextually specific, in this geography, with this type of company that needs this type of capital, we can really get more precise about what is it going to take to grow that part of the market. Um, well, I mean, this is really why you've built this kind of gender smart guide, right? Is so that people can be aware and they know what is the first step to take if they want to start exploring this. Tell, tell us a little bit more about this guide and, and what it is and what you hope to achieve with it. I'm really excited about this guide for a couple of reasons. One is that we have general information that's out there about investing with a gender lens, investing with a climate lens, but then to get down to the level of what does it look like in a particular sector is really valuable to investors and to companies. So we're looking in the guide at what can you do as an investor at a fund manager level or an allocator level, and what can you do at a company level? And how do you need to think about and have the opportunity to think about the people, your people processes and your talent processes, but also your investment process as a fund manager, and how you can spot opportunities and, again, spot risks by paying attention to the gender-differentiated needs and opportunities in your across the value chain of your investees. From a company level, we're helping people think, again, about what they can do from a talent perspective, what can they do from a market perspective to better understand their market, how they can think about supply chains and value chains, and what are the practical steps that they can go through to see those opportunities and to really execute. So I'll give you an example. If I am looking at a company, I'm an investor and I'm looking at a company in the recycling and waste area, I'm gonna start to ask questions about where is the gender balance on that senior team? What might they be noticing or not noticing about the decisions that they have to make and where might they be missing um, opportunities or missing hidden risks? I might be asking questions, I'm going to be asking questions about their employee base. Where, do you, where are you sourcing your talent from? What does your talent base look like? What is the environment that those people are working in look like? And compared to your competitors to really benchmark are you in the position of accessing and retaining the talent that it's going to take to grow a really successful business? I'm going to dive in on their supply chain if it's relevant in that business, and I'm going to say, where are you sourcing from? And what are your relationships with those partners? What do you know about how they treat their workers? And if you're not really aware of that, there could be risk hidden in those supply chains, and we all need to be paying attention to resilient supply chains in this day and age. Uh, so I'm going to be asking questions about not only the numbers of people, but I'm really going to look at what is that work environment, what are the policies and practices. Uh, then I'm going to be asking about customers and customer relationships. And if they're in a position where there is um, a product or service design opportunity that is gendered, um, are they really aware about that? Does they have a team on the innovation side, on the product development and design side? 
that really understands that. So the guide takes people through, whether it's at an investment decision-making level or at a company level, what are the actionable things that they can do specifically relevant to the waste and recycling arena. And I'm just so excited about having a tool that's that specific for investors in this domain. This guide that you've created, you mentioned, you know, it's very specific. It's the first of its kind, really specifically looking at the circular economy or at, at waste management. Um, who have you designed this guide for? This guide has been designed for investors, fund managers who are investing in the waste and recycling industry, who really have an opportunity to understand more about gender as a factor of analysis in making successful investments. It's also for the entrepreneurs and the businesses that those investors are investing in to help them see where their opportunities are, to improve their businesses, to get to better business outcomes, to get to better climate outcomes, and to get to better equality outcomes so that they have the kinds of companies that people want to work for and do business with. 100%. I guess I'd better let you go, Suzanne. It was so wonderful speaking to you. Um, please, let's do this again. And I look forward to continuing to see your work and, and to see how this guide can really have ripple effects across the whole ecosystem. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information about the topics mentioned, be sure to check out the show notes or drop us your questions on any of our social platforms. If you would like to share your story in a future episode, reach out. We'd love to hear from you. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks so we can shift the conversation around gender and accelerate change.